Welcome back to a bevy of bloods for round eight of the AFLW 2023 season. We have crushed record books with a win over the doggies and we're going to get really excited about it. So fluff out your tail feathers and settle in for a potentially and hopefully less bias yarn about all things to do with our beloved bloods. Welcome back to the potty, the dream team, team of the week. We have Polly and Steve-O. Welcome back, team. Hello, hello. Hey, good to be here. All right, both of you, it's good to have you both. Uh, I'm not going to do my little spiel about how you should probably, you know, follow us or maybe look for us on, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever it takes your fanny and then go ahead and then click on follow and like any of this stuff. I'm not going to tell everyone to do that. You know what I'm going to say, okay? So let's just move on with the game details and I want to remind you to follow us and all the places you need to follow us on. We'll leave that there. No more talking about that from here on end. This is the last time. I will say it for this particular podcast. Last Saturday, our Sydney Swans defeated the Western Bulldogs by 57 points. With a That's not right. Is yes, that right? Is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> Last Saturday, our Sydney Swans defeated the Western Bulldogs by 57 points with a final score of 6-3-39 to 14-12-96. Polly, you are at the game. Please. Brief us with your wisdom, all the fantastic wisdom you absorbed from the game. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. It was an honour and a blessing to be there. I clearly picked the right weekend to go to Melbourne. Um, I think we all joked last week that it was probably not going to be an easy win. Not even joking. I think we seriously didn't think it was going to be an easy win. And the whole game, I just had this fear that the Western Bulldogs were going to come back. But the girls just hung on so well. They put them away. It was just incredible to see and be away from home to do it as well. It was, oh, it was just a dream situation for me in particular, but a dream situation for the girls as well. Steve-O, what about yourself, mate? Oh, that was great, wasn't it? I was, I was watching it on the telly and... And look, the dogs were, were short of players, we knew that, but like Polly said, we were a bit worried still that, you know, you've still got to beat them, you've still got to turn up. And they did, and they really did. And they, even more importantly for the context of the season, they fixed up a lot of the percentage problem that was keeping us out of contention. Mm. They put on like, I think, 17 or 18 percentage points, and, and they pushed it too. Like, the game was over, like... By half time, early in the second, early in the third quarter, it was, it was clear that the Swans were going to win. But the Dogs came back and they got a couple of goals against us in the third quarter. And then the Swans didn't just say, "Okay, we've got enough of margin; we're just going to cruise through the siren." They they really came back and they scored a couple back themselves. Um, Cynthia Hamilton kicked a couple, and and I really liked the intent and how they went about it. it was a really pro effort, I think, from the girls. Professional yeah, effort by professional athletes. Sorry, sorry, Polly, go ahead. No, I was going to say they never felt like they slowed down. They stayed on mm. top of them the entire game, which um, I feel like we haven't really seen them do before. We haven't seen them, you know, obviously we haven't seen them win by this much. This is a record-breaking win. All of our wins have been relatively close. But this, like, particular felt like we were the better team the entire time, which I don't know if I can say that for every game we've played. And it was just really, really good to see. Yep, they are special. It was a full effort too, but there was a couple of key players that just played out of their absolute skin, and we'll get into a bit of that. But um, I think a big part of it was also Gowans, from what I understand, the halftime kick was effectively telling them all, 
like go for the century basically like, go for the hundred like like he gave him the task to keep going rather than he didn't say go protect the lead he didn't say good work just like go out there keep putting it on put on that scoreboard try to get to 100 and that's what kind of maybe kept them with the pressure right that's the way yeah. i saw it yeah i was there with my friend annie and we were trying mm. to will them over to that 100 <laughs> point uh we nearly got there it would have been amazing to get 100 oh, no. but i think it was yeah. i think honestly 96 just as good um you know maybe one of those 12 behinds were a goal yeah, yeah. at 100 but look <laughs> <laughs> like honestly if someone had said Polly you're going to go to a game next year with the Swans girls score 96 points I would have yeah. told you you're an idiot yeah. <laughs> like, there's no there was no possible conceivable outcome where I thought this was going to happen especially not against the Bulldogs like this is just a dream scenario for the, for the us and the girls yeah, it's huge right. and it's yeah. like and that was half in a year like like we got 96 points last season in 10 games we got 207 points we got almost half our last year's total score in in one week that's yeah that's mad that's mad yeah. what an improvement for this season like in so many ways but just just the players on the field you can see the amount of growth that's happened and of course plug it in by some extra fantastic players and you know, Malloy Gardner and um, McAvoy and everything else but still Tanya Kennedy like also coming in and just playing so much out of the middle like she was really 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 great um Steen I thought had a great game we'll get into some of these other players I'm getting all excited but I I just Watching the game back, I was this is nuts. I don't ever imagine myself even thinking that this was a possible possibility. Like it wasn't. It wasn't in our card, Steve. When we we're doing a review, we were just like, meh. Like things are gonna. We're gonna see how we go. We win a game or two. We'll be happy with that. Like <laughs> now, look at us. Ninety six points and uh, yeah, smashing up the much depleted uh, doggies, but smashing up the doggies nonetheless. Yeah, one every quarter. It's... Yeah, which was good. First time this yeah. year ever, actually. Mm crazy i think it's also worth saying like uh the girls did play amazing someone told me the dogs had 19 players of po- that they could possibly pick for for this game so oh. you know it's a very very depleted team but i think we could have still very easily had just let us not get to that point as we were discussing before the fact that we didn't just give you know do mercy give a mercy rule just you know kind of let them even it up and we actually thought about percentage and we thought about um we want to play finals because that's what it felt like to me it felt like the game was the girls were like okay we're definitely winning this let's you know fix the percentage so we can potentially play play, play finals because mm. um it's now given them a huge boost and it's definitely a potential at this point we've got two wins ahead of us in order to more or less guarantee our spot in the eight uh, that's the way that I see it. I've done the little ladder predictor and I don't see really any way that we get through without, with, unless it's just some insane upsets, but it, we have to win the next two games. And this feels just like the men's season when we were like, what, five or six weeks out, Steve, doing these potties. And we were just like, hey, we need to win the next five or the next six kind of thing. And out, out of nowhere, it started happening. We're like, okay, maybe this is something to be working for. We can do this. Yeah, yeah, it's tough did, too. Yeah. Sorry, go pilot. I was to say, when we did the potty a few weeks ago and we talked about the potential of us making finals and then we lost to Hawthorne and I was like, that's yeah. done. There's no way we're going to make finals now, which was very similar to the men's when we lost to Richmond. I was like, that's it. We're not playing finals mm-hmm. now. And then we came out and had this amazing win. It's it's 
the similarities between the men's t- season and the women's season at the moment is freaky. But um, yeah, it's definitely a, like we. I still think we could win both those games, so it's not it's not impossible. Yep. No, it's not. It's gonna. It's definitely within our grasp. Colin, we've got next. They're quite a team, but let's just stick to the current team, uh, the current game that we're currently on. Um, what did you see, Polly, from the game being so up, so close to them that you, with your, uh, with your special badge uh, and the special um, back uh, backyard uh, uh, VIP access? What did you see <laughs> in the game that you really felt was worthwhile tagging out? Um, I wanted to shout out the goal kicking. Obviously, I pointed out that there were a lot of behinds, but. 14 goals is absolutely phenomenal and we had sorry nine not 19 nine different goal scorers across the entire game which at the start of the season we were very harsh on the forwards we were saying they weren't doing their job they weren't kicking goals they weren't doing enough this really showed me that they've made a massive improvement in the last seven games to actually get there and do their jobs because they all had a goal there was not a single forward that didn't score a goal um, and if you compare that to our previous games, the average goals, different goal scorers was three, and then the next highest was five. So it just shows such an improvement as we keep going. And the areas that we were worried about them performing in, they're actually making an effort to improve on, and it's really great to see. Yeah, I think it's scoring too. Like on the back of what Polly's saying is that a, a big thing that came out of this game that's been developing through this whole season really is scoring power and being able to put a score on the board. And we talked in the, in the preseason, like the preview of the season a couple of months ago, that one thing that would really have to change for the Swans to be more competitive was hit the scoreboard because we were averaging 20 points a game last year, which is just not a winning score and 57 against, which is a lot against. So just this year, once we include these eight rounds we've had, we've taken that all up to 46 points average that we've scored. So we've more than doubled our goal scoring output in in eight games, which I think is huge. And we've also brought the points against down, which is important. We've come down by about 20% there. So the ability to kick winning scores, I think, has been the big difference in the Swans this year. The defense has come down by a percentage, like like I said, like about about a fifth to 20%, but massive increase. And and that comes from having, you know, more experienced players, I think, who are used to playing together and getting the ball forward. And we've also got some very strong forwards in the team. Um, and we saw the day that, that Chloe Malloy had against the Dogs, like she just was pretty much playing on her own, really. She killed it. Some of the numbers, which we'll go into in a minute, were just off the charts from, from Chloe. And... And that ability to really, really bury teams when they're there to be beaten got us back in the finals race this week. Mm. Yep, it was. It was. We'll, we'll talk about Chloe a fair bit, but it just goes to show when you've got some depth and you can put players where they need to play. I saw a lot of new players going through the middle as well, uh, just being and just doing fantastic things. Like Tanya Kennedy was a person that I saw just really just putting her pre- her style of pressure on. And that was her game. It was like that kind of row bottom kind of game where if you get the ball fantastic, do what you gotta do with it, but it's like go out there, make a tackle, put your body in the way, do what you gotta do. You can run all day. Letting Malloy just go up front and just basically having the dog doggies trying to find someone to tag with her. They couldn't they couldn't go with anyone that I saw, Polly. I saw no, no one being able to go with her. No one. Like that was something that was really obvious to me and we've talked about it before that she's pretty much the always the our player that's tagged and it lets Laura have a really good game. They did not have anyone to go with Chloe 
on Saturday. She was just absolutely having a bath. I think they tried like three or four different people on her and no one, no one could go with her. Um, she, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about just how phenomenal she was in uh, the Bob, but yeah, God, like it was scary how much she can do if she's just left to her own devices and not being tagged. I think that was a really clear thing to me. She, she got touches everywhere, backline, mids, everywhere. forwards. She was involved in what felt like 100% of the goals that we scored. And that in itself is a little bit of a record and a bit of a hint, hint of where we're going to head with all of this. But, um, yeah, it was it was absolutely superb. Steve-O, any particular moments in the game that you wanted to call out? Uh, I mean, besides Chloe Malloy's um, four-quarter highlight reel of her own, um, <laughs> there were two players our two top draft picks from last year actually and I want to mention both of these because it's exciting to see them already starting to grow to be really really important players it's only their second season of, of this top level of, of football um, one that I loved was Montana Ham in that second quarter where she just buries away in she pulls a ball out of the pack she pushes around a few and then she kicks a goal that was really strong I love that because um, cause she showed us last week with that really good mark which she didn't convert but that really really good mark and they just had class issues she showed her smarts and then this shows the other side of her play which is just that really really strong like ball winner that has an impact so I really love that one and then Sophia Hurley's party trick goal in the in the last quarter. She was our number five draft pick last year, Sophia Hurley, and and she's really coming in her own this year. I think she's showing her class. She's a crazy hard worker. She tackles, and it was just nice to see her get a bit of reward on the scoreboard with a couple of goals. And, and especially that one when she does a little like duck in and out. I mean, it was party time by that point, but still, it was it was nice to see her do it. Like back in mighty party time time, Polly. Any favourite moments for you, things that, that you saw on and off the field? Yeah. Um, the first thing I wanted to point out was uh, the ruck battle because neither team, as we'll probably mm. get into in the MRO, had um, their desired ruck player this week. But I thought Lexi and Bella really, really held their own. Obviously, it was against someone. I think she might have even been her first game or it first was, time yeah. playing in the ruck. But mm. they really, like, that was my biggest concern going into the game was that we weren't going to have that person to step up in the ruck. And I felt like they held their own. And it gave me a little bit more confidence for the rest of the season, knowing that they could step up when they need to. Um, so that was a really great thing to see. Um, another really great thing I loved, <laughs> there was a point in the third quarter where it was when there was a bit more momentum going the Bulldogs way. Ellie Blackburn was off the field and they were interviewing her, which is a whole other thing. I'll get it. I don't particularly love them interviewing them mid-game, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, all right, we, she was uh, being interviewed and she said, we really just need to stop their momentum and them getting goals really quickly off like a silly mistake. And as she said that, that exact thing happened. They dropped the ball. Malloy picked it up. She ran down the field. She ran yeah. by herself the entire length and then kicked it to Cynthia Hamilton and Hamilton scored the goal. It was just like so poetic. <laughs> and I felt for Ellie because like obviously it was not a great game for the Bulldogs, yeah. but it was just like you couldn't even have scripted that. It was just so perfect, but it was she such was, a perfect goal. Poor Ellie was trying to do absolutely everything for her team. <laughs> just watching from the sideline going, oh, yeah, we can't stuff up so much. And then bang. Yeah, exactly. The one time she probably came off the field, the only yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bloody yeah. Malloy ran the length of the field. <laughs> Get yeah. it going. She was wrecked too. Like you could hear just how yeah. like she was sucking a breath in. And I, I agree with Polly. I like they're trying to play 
um, elite sport and then you're supposed to have a chat while you actually should be just trying to recover and get your head back in the game, like give them a break. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. I go for a casual jog, and I get a. I, someone asks me, "Oh, like, do you know the time?" And I'll, I'll be like, <laughs> like, it'll be like that for a couple of minutes before I get something out, pointing at my watch. But no, like, I don't know why they bother. Like, why do they do that? Just leave them alone. They don't do their thing. Talk to them at quarter time. That's why they're there for. Yeah. Anyway. And it's just distracting while you're watching the game. You're like, I'm trying to watch the game, and you have this giant thing of a different player in the corner. Like, just focus <laughs> on the game. I don't care what they have to say. Ask them later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. We're going to ask them for tactics. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you- we're going to be moving the ball on the outside, shortest kick. Yeah, good idea. Great stuff. That's going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, it, just a little bit of ragtaggy uh, from the. And I did notice on the coverage that they didn't actually show the girls sing the song either. That was really disappointing. Too. It didn't even, like, I obviously found out later that they did have do it, but we were waiting for it to happen. It didn't even look like it happened. I don't know when it did. It might have even happened post-kick to kick because it seemed like they went straight to the shed. Like, they, they'd signed a lot of autographs and then went straight mm-hmm. to the sheds and we left during kick to kick. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know when it happened because there is footage of it, but it definitely wasn't on the coverage. So, was it um, on I the field know. like normal or yeah. was it? Yeah. Okay. But I, it didn't seem to happen. When it normally happens, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but yeah. Right. I think they must have to go to another Kamala. game or something. Yeah, that's what happened because yeah. I think um, Adelaide Brisbane was on straight afterwards, and pretty yeah. much as soon as it was full time siren, they did like two seconds of stuff, and then they went straight over to the other one. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, thanks a lot for the game," and then they just moved on. It was bad. It was that, really yeah. that quick. Yeah. Yeah, was like, I think they literally said, "See you next time." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. Was something like that. guy's voice does my head. I don't know. He's just got a. He's just got a funny voice. It's like he's trying to be other people. He's, he's kind of yeah. putting on a voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, I don't know, he seems to call it a good game, but, yeah, he's always talking like this. He's, and just He weird. needs more experience of being himself as opposed to yeah. like emulating what he's seen in the past. Yeah, Ray Ravs Warren, this guy. <laughs> oh, that. Uh, There's only one Ray Warren. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a one for only the Sydney. The Sydney. Yeah, that's it. yeah that's <laughs> anyone outside of New South Wales, Queensland probably doesn't. <laughs> really Ray no Warren idea is. who Ray Ravs Warren is. He's like the Bruce McAvaney of NRL commentary. <laughs> yeah, but just yeah. Even, like, like with so what, much character. But not even. Like, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, the fantastic kid over there by uh, that man. Yeah. That kind of okay, maybe Cometti. Dennis Cometti is probably a better comparison for Ray yeah, Warren. Yeah, Cometti is a comparison, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he did call a good Ray game, Warren. all Ravs, but yeah. I love Ray Warren. He was entertaining, yeah. yeah. He was, yeah. And now we've got Gus. Oh, let's, anyway, let's talk about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the Rock Sport. Uh, one thing, though, what I noticed is that the Sharons were going to, like, they're all painted beautifully in the Mar Grok colours with the, I don't know who designed them, but they look fantastic. But I, I, they didn't have them for last week's game. They were late with bringing them to the game, so they only had them for this week because Mar Grok was over two different weeks. I don't know what's going on yeah, there. Yeah, I wonder if, yeah, they didn't send them to Sydney early enough. I know that's like. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well. I don't know, yeah. Um, yeah. Is, that is odd. I don't mm. Don't know why they did that, or if it was just unintentional and they just messed up potentially. I don't know, but yeah, don't know. Very yeah, bad look. I bad think look when you're trying to like make it a big marquee thing, and then you don't have the full uh, potential that you're trying to achieve in both rounds. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I I would love to know because Noddy, our podcasting brother. He loves a good conspiracy. 
No one else that loves <laughs> oh, the conspiracy God. more than yeah, me. No, 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 I haven't got one. I'm saying I would love to hear him come up with one because I think there's got to be something there. Hang on, let me text him. Uh, <laughs> right, amongst yourselves. Let's see what he says. Oh, man. I, well, I mean, there was it was an incredible round across the board uh, with these balls. I don't know if they're, I can't, I'm not sure if there were any games last week, but I don't know. Maybe teams play better when they have the painted balls. Maybe there's something in that and they didn't want to disadvantage any teams. So it was, because I didn't even notice this. So was it that last week they did have the balls and this week they didn't? No, other so, way. Other so way last around. week they okay. didn't have the balls and then yeah. this week they did. So that's why I'm saying maybe they just didn't ship them early enough so they couldn't get to Sydney. Yeah, or right. maybe they, the production just took longer than they expected, or maybe I don't know. But I also don't know if it happened for every game, or if it was just our game that missed out on using them last round. Yeah, I was watching on my Something phone. Something fishy in the air. I wouldn't have seen it anywhere. I'd see a little red dot pinging around on the grass <laughs> on my on my phone. It's pretty cool. You couldn't tell so at early. the game either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you could only tell. And the only reason I know is because during the week, uh, Chloe Malloy was on. Um, the W show, so the uh, AFLW um, website's show with Nat Edwards and uh, Gemma, I forgot her name. Uh, Bastiani. Maybe, yes. Yeah, um, Gemma Bastiani. Bastiani, thank you. Yeah. Yep, Prosparkus. I've been practicing that one. I need a new one to practice now. That was um, spot on, man. That's good. Thank you, thank you. I've been practicing. Um, no, I haven't. But I just so when we play Eston in the finals, he's getting ready. He's going to have to say that's right. <laughs> the other, the other Oh, I almost stuffed it up that time. Yeah. Look at me go. <clears throat> yeah. So I've I've messaged Noddy. Let's see what he comes back with if he comes back in time with a conspiracy theory. So let's see where that ends up. Well, let's get stuck into the A Bob Medal, which is the equivalent of the Bob Skilton Medal. We give three, two, one points out to the best Swans players, and this week. In typical Bob uh, fashion, we made something up at the last second. Steve, <laughs> tell us, what do the girls win for this week? Oh, this week we've got an absolute treat, and it's a group prize, actually. It's going out to the best eight of the week because oh, wow. there's this great little Indonesian restaurant in Turku, where I live in Finland, that um, if you have a group of eight or more, they will do like a custom-made laksa with chicken and prawns and just everything. It's 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 amazing, like Singaporean-style laksa. And I just came back because I was just – it's lunchtime here. It's it's middle of the day, so I just came back from lunch there, and it was amazing. So I've got this like happy glow from, from Pavon Lau's laksa. And we're going to invite the best eight this week because we need eight. And I guess anyone else is welcome to join. There's no limit to the capacity, but eight of the players – are uh, going to come and, and get a Luxa meal one lunchtime. Maybe not in season, but... Yeah, yeah that's, a post-season that's a post-season prize. Uh, yeah. It cannot be redeemed during season. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I, I will also point out it's amazing. that the, 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 the budget for Bob is not quite as thick as perhaps we're suggesting it is. So um, we've also suggested in the past when we've when Steve has wanted some of the players to turn up, that they had to pay their own <laughs> way, which is fine for the men's. They're getting paid, you know, 200 plus or whatever, and some of them much more than that. So they have to pay their own way. That's fine. you got to do what you got to do. For the women's, it's a bit tougher. So what I think we're going to have to do here is we're going to try to have to build this experience in the aggregate. So we're going to get them all into a McDonald's freezer, you know, one of those big industrial freezers, and we're going to serve them a laksa inside this freezer while talking gibberish at them in some form of Finnish way. <laughs> are, are we okay with this? This is the best we can do, guys, with the budget. The laksa won't be very nice if it's really cold in the room, but sure. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
Polly, what do you think? Um, look, I don't know. I've never been to Finland, but Steve, maybe you can confirm. Is it really cold in the restaurant? Oh. No, no, in the restaurant it's nice. It's like it's room temperature. So it's a like balmy need- 22. So, that, so what we do instead is we put them in the freezer, yeah. make them stay there for a bit as if they're in, in transit, take them out of the freezer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then give them the luxa. That works. Yeah. Okay. All right, we could do that. that. That's look. Either way, the same. That sounds like the budget is within budget. I'm, I'm happy yeah. with this adjustment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So the girls win a freezer trip in Alaksa, um, here in Sydney, pretending it's in Finland, and we'll play some or, like Elvish music over the top. I got another idea. Yeah. Post ice bath, Laksa. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's legit. Yeah, okay. And so and we serve them the laksa in a sauna afterwards, right? Yes. <laughs> That's Finnish. Steve? <laughs> sure. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So we've come to an agreement that we're gonna let them have a nice let them. We're gonna let them have a nice bath and then they're gonna jump out into a sauna and then we're gonna serve them a laksa. None of them are gonna wanna play sort of off the again. <laughs> You'll see a record amount of uh, transfers happening out of Sydney within the next season. That would be- this is why we're going to lose next week. Everyone's going to do play shit because they're going to For some reason, my stomach hurts. My fucking legs oh. are cramped. This weird shit that these people made me do. Anyway, that's what we're going. So let's get on with the prize. Uh, three points for the bottom medal to, of course, Captain Chloe Malloy. Two points for our regular Laura Gardner and one point to young, up-and-coming beast of a girl, Sophia Hurley. Fantastic. One, two, three for those three. Uh, Chloe Malloy, Steve, do you want to take it away with Chloe? Uh, it's, it's a long list of achievements for Chloe this week, so bear with me. Listen to this. This is a stat line. 28 touches, 11 marks, 9 inside 50s, 17 score involvements, 3 goals, 4 behinds, plus 1 that sort of didn't make the distance or went out on the full, I can't remember. 2 goal assists, and she broke the league record for score involvements, and she was like the boss of the team of the week. That's that's just her stats. I mean, it doesn't say anything about her impact, which was also massive. Like, she just dominated. It was one of the most dominant games of football I've seen by anyone this year, really. It was huge effort. Yeah, Polly, what do you think? You saw it firsthand, the power I of Malloy. I did see it firsthand. I've yeah. already started calling myself the number one Chloe Malloy fan. Um, and I did start calling myself that last year. So, you know, it's going to take a lot to take that title off me. But um, <laughs> she was just incredible. Like, you could look anywhere on the ground and it felt like she was there. I feel like we had three of her at some points. Like, she was just so domineering and demanding and... But still did all those little captain-y things. Like she, when someone went down, she went and made sure that they were okay. When, you know, when ball was needing to be moved, she found a way to tell people how to get into position. Like she just can do everything. And she's just probably one of the best footballers that the club has ever picked up. I'm going to say it now. Yep, yep. No, I don't. I mean, I, I haven't seen anyone dominate a field like that, men's and women's. Uh, for, for a long, long time, like that, like not not that it's, much. It was old school. Yeah, was playing old like yes. half forward yeah. for a lot of the time. Like she got twenty eight touches, mostly playing cross half forward. Okay, the mm. ball was up there a lot, but still, like you just don't see that. But it, but it also wasn't like there was a pretty decent spread. Like it, yeah. <sighs> she's, she's, <laughs> she's too good. She's too good. Yeah. She's too good, she, and she's she killed it. 
She's a captain, and she's doing all the captain things, as you said. She was given, trying to give away goals. I mean, just kick it. Like, just go for it. She's <laughs> yeah. giving away. She was like, I'm I've like, already had three. I just pass it off. I know, <laughs> I know. We wanted to get a hungy. But anyway, like, yeah, she just gave goals away, and uh, she did all the right things. She shepherded. She tackled. She put pressure on. She ran hard everywhere. It was perfect. Perfect game. Yeah, what was it? So, 17 score involvements. How many scoring shots did this one have? Let's do a quick count. I've got to get back up to you. Oh, 26. So, so out, of, out of 26 scoring shots, she had a hand in 17 of them. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a big that record is not going to be broken for quite some time, I think. I think that's going to be for a while. But who do you know who held the record before her? Oh, I did. Yeah. Our own. I can't remember. Brooke Lachlan. With oh, that's right. Yeah, fourteen, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. twelve. I thought 12? it was twelve. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but she ended up. I think she kicked like seven goals or something that day, as well. So pretty dominant. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, wow, like massive, massive, massive game and a captain's game, as you said there, Polly. So perfect. Um. All right. Two points for Laura Gardner, regular on the bob, uh, running away with this medal, Polly. Talk to us all about Laura Gardner. Teach us her ways. <laughs> I wish I could. Actually, no, I don't because I know it because, you know, someone could else could replicate it, but I don't yeah, think yeah. it's replicable. Uh, she's probably unlucky to not get three votes just because Chloe had such a massive game because her game was still incredibly massive. Her way of getting the ball out of the middle and out of from the bounce especially was something I just kept noticing her doing. She would get the ball and find a way to get it into our forward 50. She had... Uh, Oh, no, it doesn't say here. Um, she was just incredible. 33 disposals, which was the most in the game. But she's also leading the league just across the board. So she's currently third uh, in disposals and inside 50s. She's fourth for total fantasy points and fifth for tackles. That's across the league. So, wow. like, she's just a phenomenal player. And, mm. again, I think she's 21. So it was just insane to think of how good of a player she'd become if she's already playing like this. Like, just can't speak highly enough of her. She's on her way to wrap up a McGurkin player of the player <laughs> of the season. Looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sneaky. I'm telling you, sneaky for this year. But <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Chloe. She's cost of votes. So. <laughs> God damn it, Chloe. Selfish. <laughs> Yeah, true. I mean, we yeah, just just again, once again, we say it every week. We didn't expect her to. We, we didn't expect it. What the best no. thing that I saw her doing was that lateral movement, left to right. Like she would find herself one person in front, evaded a tackle, did a little loop around, found space, and then got the ball going forward every single time. She did that so often they just couldn't get a hand on her. So it seemed like she's only added that in in the last like week. So. Another yeah. tool to her disposal. Like, why not? Yeah, she's really clean, hey. And and because mm. she's so clean, she's able to bring other players into the game more effectively than if there was like a little fumble or indecision. Like, she gets it and she just gives it. And most of the time, she's putting a player into a into a better position than what she's in. It's like, she's not just getting it in the center and doing hat kick. She really, I think, she scans really nicely. She's an absolute fine day. Like, you think that um, that Geelong. I mean, we did trade a high draft pick for, but it was a different type of draft this year. But 
I think Geelong must be thinking, damn, like, why did we give her up? <laughs> yeah, I think one of the commentary team is a player from Geelong, and she was like, everything that she's doing doesn't surprise me. So clearly the girls that played with her had an idea that she has this potential to be this good, but they just didn't. And maybe the coaches didn't see it or they just couldn't entice her enough to stay. But honestly, so glad that they couldn't because she's just such a good include, inclusion to this team. Yeah. And it can be an opportunity. Hey, like, I mean, Geelong's got they're, – they're a far more established team than the Swans were last year. They've got some really good midfielders, but now she's come into the Swans and she's like the one the in the midfield who's, mm-hmm. who's in there to get the ball out and, and put players into – into scoring positions and into like runners coming off her and stuff. So, so maybe it's just that opportunity. You know, people just grow into a role mm-hmm. if you give it to them because she's been so good. It's just interesting how like it's such an effort to get a player from the Victorian teams to bring them up to Sydney. You know, they have to uproot them to ourselves. It's not – we've spoken about it before. It's not an easy thing and we've managed to be able to get that going on for a few players. And it may be that there's just room on our – field that we had so we, she would easily get game time and she came up for that and not only is she getting game time she's also dominating the, dominating the league and all these different stats and on her way to win a McGurkin so pretty pretty special stuff going on there with Gardner um, okay uh, Steve-O your absolute favourite Sophia Hurley continually just freaking dominating getting better every single week 18 games in and just looking super special what do you think? Yeah, and she's just so unassuming. Like she just gets it done, right? She's not one of those players who who you sort of that necessarily has a huge amount of standout moments on the ground. But then every single time she needs to do something, she's in a good position. She does the right thing with the ball, and and she finishes clean. Like I was talking about that that late goal she got, that little sort of shimmy inside out one, and and that shows what her skill level is. But she also knows how to play. Um, to what is needed, I think, which is really important, and and she tackles like crazy too. She eight eight tackles. That's the same as Laura Gardner, like um in the same game. She got a couple of goals this week, which is nice. Twenty four touches. She was a rising star nomination this week. Like I think her ceiling is is really high. She can be an absolute dominant player in the competition in the next couple of years. Yep, yep. She she's, looks angry. She's so good that I forget how young she is. Like the yeah. fact that she was available for rising star. Freaked me out because I forgot she's that young, that she's that inexperienced. And if you and you know in the AFLW they nominate two, and her stats compared to the other nomination was just even exponentially better. Like it's just crazy how good she is, and it's crazy that it's taken her this long to get a nomination. To be honest, but still, um, yeah, she's just absolutely killing it. Yeah, yeah, she's fancy. So Chloe Malloy three points, Laura Gardner two points, Sophia Hurley for the one point. Uh, any honourable honourable mentions for either of you t- two? Um, I thought uh, Beck was really good again. She's been had just solid week after solid week recently, really galvanising that forward line. That <laughs> over the head goal, our very first goal over the head yeah, was, was just awesome. amazing. <laughs> so good. behind over the head, backwards. <laughs> yeah, and and she knows how to take a mark. We've talked about this before. She's yeah. really solid, sticky hands. That girl, she can take a mark really easily. And um, every week, I'm just really enjoying watching her and what <laughs> other fancy footwork she can do. Really. What about Ruby Sergeant Wilson stealing her goal um, in the third quarter? I think <laughs> we couldn't Thief. figure out if it was going to hit the post. I think or she had if it to was... do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, God. 
if yeah, you're I not think, sure you mark it, I think, unless you're certain it's going through, you've got to take the mark, surely. Well, it was rolling through, but I think yeah, there, was a West, whatever, sorry, yeah. there was a doggies player coming through at speed, so I, I think she did the right yeah. thing. But do you think that there's some kind of uh, – that there's like – Sergeant Wilson have to buy like coffee or something. What's the what's the <laughs> protocol here when you steal when you steal a goal from someone? Was that her first goal as well? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In that case, I go. I think if I was on that team, if I had yeah. given the opportunity to give someone their first goal, I'd probably just be like, "We're even. It's fine." If it was like your teammate that you've played with forever who's scored a million goals, maybe you'd be a bit salty <laughs> and be like, "Yeah, we're getting a coffee after this," or you know, you got to yeah. do an extra lap of yeah, training yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think you know to get a, a player their first goal. I think you kind of just let it go. All right, well, you're, you're a better is, person hey. to be. Yeah, yeah if, if it's a player who's got a reputation in the team of being a bit too hungry, then you're annoyed. But if it's a player who you think is is not that kind of player, then who cares? You know, yeah, we. I was sitting with my friend Annie, and we were both kind of like, "Oh, what happened there?" And then Beck runs straight over to her. So, we're like, okay, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy, so it's fine. <laughs> she ran over to her and starts throwing punches immediately. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why did I steal my goals? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, look, it was – so, last season, uh, I think she, uh, Rebecca Privatelli was our number one goal scorer, and I think with the nine from memory. Um Sounds so, right. yeah, I mean, every one of them counts, but to yeah, to see uh, her sharing them around amongst everything else is yeah, is pretty good. We'll take it. Uh, Steve-O, any for you, mate? Any honourable mentions? Uh, I'll take the other Lachlan, the other forward. Um, again, on the on the goal assist thing, because because her and, and Beck Privatelli, I mean, they they played sort of support roles to um, to some of the other ones who got more goals this week, like um, like Chloe Malloy, she was dominant. She got three. Um, and then what? Who else? Um, Hamilton. Cynthia Hamilton got a couple, yeah. And Sophia Hurley also got a couple. So these two, I think, played really, really good team roles in the forward line. Um, and between them, we had twelve goals, and they accounted for five goal assists out of twelve goals. Which uh, and they kicked a goal each themselves also. So I've, I really liked the way that they operated, like as a forward unit this week, rather than necessarily as individual forwards. And then we got Newman hopefully coming back next week so we've got some really good forwards who i think are good at playing roles and it, it's great to see uh beck came back really strong after an injury she just came back from the mcl injury her first game mm-hmm. back and she's actually really just gone out swinging and had didn't seem to have any issues so that was really good to see because that was something i was worried that they might this ones might have been doing was push, pushing girls too early post injury but it seems actually taking their time and waiting for them to be right themselves so yeah it's really great to see Brooke. Uh, be dominant and have a great game. Yep, perfect. I see Brenda Tarrant here as another name in the list, my my girl. Uh, I thought she had another ex- ex- exemplar, exemplary, exem- let me say Exempl- oh, exemplary, <laughs> no. Really good. She was really good. She had a great, great game. She had a great game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rising star, uh, no, sorry, not rising star. Team of the week uh, nomination as well in the back line there. So good for her. I think that's her first too from memories. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't think she's made team of the week. week yet. So, no. so yeah, pretty special really for, great her. for her. Well, sixteen disposals, ten intercepts, uh, and team of the week. Why not? That's not a bad little shout. Yeah. If you think about that forward line, wasn't doing much. The Bulldogs forward line wasn't doing much. So she was doing to be able to do that much when they weren't doing much is. A, it's great to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, special. she was a wall down there. 
Killer Heads was good in the back as well, both of them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Any other names thrown into the mix? Uh, we got to round uh, out the eight for the dinner party, don't we? Oh, so yeah, we, we, did, we got we got Chloe, Chloe Malloy, Laura Gardner, Sophia Hurley. They get to sit like on the like the special section of the table, I guess, get, like up the front. They get served first. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. They'll get served first. But then, they get but then the trays. other ones. That's the budget allows for them to get entrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Privatelli, Lachlan, and Tarrant. We've already got three of them. And then I guess the other two was um, Montana Ham and Cynthia Hamilton. Both had really really strong games. They get they get a luxer meal as well. Okay, cool. So eight luxes. Hang on, are we invited to this party? By the way, I don't, don't know we have works. to facilitate them getting in, and you know, making sure they go everywhere. So if we don't get oh. food, that's a bit hard. Oh, so, oh, we don't get anything. We just got to drive them around and yes, get the ice going. Okay. Yeah, no. The, the chef, the chef here, she'll make like enough for uh, like a dozen. We can bring the whole team if they want, but these are the ones that we pay for. You know, that's the oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. They're yeah, on the company tab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, that does bring us to the end of that game. It was, like we said earlier in the party, it was an in- unbelievable game for our finals chances. And the fact that, and Polly, I'm going to hold you to this, we said if the girls <laughs> make finals, we're getting tattoos. <laughs> Honestly, remember? last week after that loss, I was like, sick, I got out of getting a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> now the tattoos are on their way with that big win. So that makes us four wins, four losses from the eight games, moved us from 12th to 10th place on our way up to the top eight. Last week, we were 79.8% and now we are 97%. So massive jump up in percentage, uh, two spots up in the ladder. And if we win the next two games, it actively does mean, am I right here, to say uh, that we are going to play finals? If if it results go as expected, I've done about 20 different versions of that ladder predictor thing. Yeah. And there are a few scenarios where I think we can win both and just miss out, but it's unlikely. It, like some really weird results would have to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, as we said, next week we've got uh, the big game, I think this is, well, they're both going to be hard games to, to play. One's going to be Collingwood at home, which is next week, next Sunday, this coming Sunday rather. And then the next week is going to be against Frio in Frio. So that in itself is you know, traveling all the way to WA to play in that um, other continent. It's going to be interesting. So the Pies for this Sunday, let's put a bit of focus around them at Henson Park, the home of the AFLW. Um, they are coming sixth with five wins. But of those five wins, the last four in a row have been Cats, Carlton, Brisbane, and Bombers. All of those teams, pretty decent teams. The Bombers being one of the newer teams in the group there, but um, playing really well and, and doing great for themselves. So the Cats are – sorry, sorry, the – Pies are having a really, really great run for this season. Start off a little slow, but yeah, just taken off. So we played against them last year in round two uh, and lost by 31 points. Of course, last season was not indicative of anything really, just kind of getting a run, a run out there. So, but I guess that does put a little bit of fire under the belly, maybe, Polly. What do you think? Is that something that we should be pushing the girls that don't get beaten by no one? Yeah, um, I think they definitely will want to beat the Pies. There's so much gearing up to this game. Chloe Malloy is playing her old team for the first time, which is going to be huge. Mm. Um, I think that they'll probably want to start a little bit of a rivalry with them. I don't know how stoked they were about losing her, and they probably kind of them themselves trying to prove that they're actually decent without her, which 
is always sad, but you know, it is all in good rivalry. Um, it's really hard to say because the girls haven't been that great at Henson Park, so I don't know how much of a home field advantage we're actually getting playing at home. I think we may we, it would have been the same outcome if we play um, at Princess at Icon Park. I can't think of the Collingwood home ground, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not too sure hmm. how it's going to shape out. But again, I feel like that about every game. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we have played some – I mean, the West Coast game at home at Henson – didn't go our way. Hall, uh, sorry, it did go our way, but seemed like it was a bit of a struggle. It was a tighter game than it arguably should have been. Uh, Hawks, of course, at Henson Park. We lost that game. Um, so to come back to Henson Park, we want it to be a fortress. There's no excuses for it not being a fortress. We get, uh, apparently in quotations, 4,500 people to turn up there, which is bollocks. There's a lot more than that. Um and I, yeah, we can just get a, we can scrape this win out. And I reckon it's going to be a really good crowd. The Collingwood supporters, they come out in droves. They um, turn up, they, 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 they travel. They, yeah. they travel, they turn up, and yeah. I reckon a lot we live might local crack. Too, you know? Yeah. A lot live yeah. in Sydney. Yeah, that's right. Well, they live everywhere, right? Like I was mm, saying. Yeah, it's a big not club. Not too far yeah. from any. Yeah. So, yeah, I, he's hoping. So, if you, anyone is out there, make sure you get to the game. It's going to be an absolute. Belter of a game. It's going to be a lot of people there. Sunday afternoon, can't go wrong. You're not doing anything on Sunday afternoon, so just don't pretend you are. Come to the 40. It's going to be great. Um, MRO injuries. Um, Steve-O, do you want to have a look at those? What have we got going on there? Uh, Harris Shepard, we had a concussion go down, so I miss out next week. And unfortunately, Morfitt is out for the rest of, at least they've said she's out for the rest of the regular season. They didn't say for certain if she'd be back, but she's got a, it was a hand injury from the previous week's game. And, um, yeah, so she, of course, didn't play against um, against the Bulldogs, but doesn't need surgery, which is good. Um, it's, a, it's a massive out for us, like, especially against one of these stronger teams. Like, okay, they were able to carry the ruck and, and manage against the Dogs who didn't have a recognised ruck, really, um, or like a rookie coming in. But against Collingwood, it's a totally different thing. And that, um, that presence that Ali gives in the centre will be missed against Collingwood and also against Fremantle in two weeks. Mm. But, you know, the the team just needs to readjust and figure out ways to, to still win the football without a dominant player in the middle of the ground and all that extra work that Ali does. Um, on a plus side, we should get um, uh, this Newman back next week in the forward line, and the forward line was functioning really well this week, so she should be a good inclusion into the forwards. Um, that's about it for, for health injuries. On the Paris Shepherd tackle, um, we found out today that um, that there was no they they got off without any suspension for the tackle, but um, Paris did go off with HIA and is sitting out for concussion. Did you see the video of the tackle, and what was your take on it, Polly? Yeah, so I think the main reason it went to tribunal is just purely because Paris did sustain that concussion. I think if she didn't. If she was fine, mm. it wouldn't have gone because it was – I think it was fine, honestly. The thing that annoyed me more was that when – and I could be wrong because it was hard to tell in the coverage, but this is what it looked like at the ground. Chloe Malloy ran over to check if she was okay, and that considered a 50-meter penalty. Now, I don't think that's fine. I, that really upset me because it's like how can you give a 50-meter penalty away for someone checking on their own player? Like yeah. that was rough. The actual tackle itself, I didn't have a problem with. That – umpiring decision really didn't like so yeah, yeah. that was that's my two cents 
Steve, did you see the tackle? Yeah, I mean, they replayed it ad nauseum on the coverage. Um, <laughs> I thought it was fine. If you if that's if that's a suspending a suspendable tackle, then I'm not sure what players can do to tackle. Really, it was mm. it was it was borderline for sure. Like, and and the player like Paris, she she hit her head. She got concussed. She'll miss next week. But it was a it was a tackle that was totally within the laws and the spirit of playing football. So I'm I'm glad that she didn't get suspended for it. To be honest. Yeah, yep, you're both. Uh, you're both I, I agree with both of you. Both you both said perfectly. Um, all right, so does that we got some replacements to talk about? Um, in that case, so Paris is going to be out. Uh, Newman comes back in. Ali's out for the season, but as Polly was saying, the the rucks kind of sorted themselves out a little bit better. Um, or at least we had some competitiveness in the ruck without having to compete too hard without them having a proper rock girl as well. But uh, do we see any other movements in the team um, going on? I One thing that I noticed with Julia Sullivan, I liked her in the team. I liked the little uh, little kicks that she did laterally. I felt that she was just felt really natural. She The short kicks, the the movement around, knowing where the person was, the, her, her ability to grab the ball from like the ground and from within pressure was awesome. I don't know. I, I don't see any changes to the team that I'd want to put in. Yeah, Newman in yeah. probably. If yeah. she's she's fit, that'd be probably the only one. Yeah, yeah. the um, news about Newman today was she was part of a scrimmage match this week mm. and she seemed good. wasn't very clear why she didn't play last week. She was supposed to be available. So um, I'll reiterate, very sad that the Guernsey she designed, she did never, she never got to wear it. Yeah, <laughs> never to wear it. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, yeah. she should be back this week. So yeah. um, I wonder if they I, held it back just because they had a feeling that the Bulldogs was going to be a less strenuous yeah. run, and maybe they just thought she could use a bit more. I don't know. Time on. I, I thought though, just one thing that I'm, I'm pretty confident with this: that the AFLW, the girls can nominate any of the jerseys they want to wear. So if they want to wear the Pride or the Bangrook or the Away or the home jersey, yes. they can. So so I don't think it's the girls. I think it's the club. The club is allowed okay. to nominate whatever they want to wear per round because um, previously I think Brisbane maybe, I can't remember, wore their Indigenous jersey as their um, – or maybe, sorry, Essendon are wearing their Indigenous kit as their Away kit. So when oh, they wear awesome. the Clash, they've been wearing that. Um, so are, the club is allowed to nominate when if they want. The issue we have now is the next two games of Pride Round. So oh, even if yeah. we wanted to wear it, which we potentially we could on in the last mm. round because it's not at home, um, you would be then competing with the Pride jersey. So oh, unfortunately, yeah. the way that the season's timed out, it doesn't really – we couldn't pretend, really do it. But if we had a free round, I don't know. They should have. It would have been great for them to do it for us. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. We can wear the finals. it. Yeah, yeah can, during yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're for the finals first week, and when we're sitting there with tattoos, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> can't wait. Glad I didn't uh-huh. get in on that little bit. <laughs> oh <laughs> still my god! Time, you jump in. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I know exactly what it's going to be. I can't. Wait. Okay, Chris has thought about it a lot more than I have. <laughs> I, okay, so Noddy and I actually have um, the same thing. If for next. Um, Next premiership Black. we win, we're getting the tattoo. So we we we've we've already gone through that. So the bar is set a bit lower for the girls right now. It's just like getting <laughs> to finals, which I feel in itself is a bit of a grand final. So like you know, yeah, yeah, getting to your final in your second year is pretty significant. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be great. So, yeah, let's see where we go. I've never had a tattoo before. This is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, so, me neither. Yeah, yeah neither <laughs> so, have I, and off, I'm yeah. not getting on board. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Boo. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. It's still time to convince him. Um, Collingwood do have some cracking players, by the way. So we, Michaela Can, uh, in the team of the week, uh, Sabrina Verpriga, Team of the week and Jordan Alley, team of the week defense. That's a mid, a defender, and interchange. All team of the week from Collingwood in their win over the Cats by six points. Um, the Cats had a chance to win it. Uh, Prisparkus, I think, kicked two behind in that last quarter. Um, see, Prisparkus, bang, there I go. Um, kicked two behinds in that last quarter. She had the opportunity to win the game for them. But uh, yeah, look. It, well, at least tie the game up and go from there. So the, the the pies, even without Malloy, are very very dangerous. And uh, what are we going to do about this? Is anything, any matchups or style of play that we need to be careful of uh, the way we play the the pies? I think have a plan for if if the Collingwood players do manage to get into Chloe Malloy's head and take her out of the game, have have a plan to move the ball effectively without needing to rely on her to break the game open. I think that would be the number one for me. And the and the even spread in the forward line is important for that. I think Laura Gardner makes it really, really good in the middle because you've got her. But um, but we, we can't be assuming that we're going to get another 24 touches, three goals, four out of Chloe, especially against this level of opposition that knows her play backwards. Yep. Probably yeah. going to be like a seven disposal game with from her, just the way that how hard they're going to tackle it. I think it's going to be a, yeah, a three person tag, to be honest. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I think we've kind of dealt with before. What, I think it was the Port game uh, that they, she had a, she was really, really being tagged by two yeah. players constantly. Or maybe Geelong? Yeah, they went. There was a couple in a row. It was the yeah. Port one, and then Brisbane, I, think it, I think it was the one before that. They yeah, what was the one before Put a lot Port? of work into her. Was it West? Coast? Was it was it the Carlton game? I can't Carlton. Remember. Oh, Carlton. Yes, yeah. it was the Carlton game. I was like, it was definitely a blue team. The blue team. <laughs> <laughs> All the blue teams in my head. Um, yeah, they put a double tag on her pretty much the entire game, and that game still got really, really close. Obviously, we lost by a couple goals in the end, but um, we have shown that we can still play really well if she has been taken out of the game and I'm really I really think that that's what they're going to do so they just need to be able to rely on these other girls and I think that they will it might be this chance that McAvoy's been looking for to come more in the middle um because we've talked about this a bit and the Gowans has talked about how he wants to bring her more forward maybe that's his, her ch- his chance like we know Brie can really hold her own back there now let them follow Malloy around and McAvoy can kind of do her thing with Gardner. Mm. That's potentially something that we could look at doing um, and I think would work quite well. Yeah, especially yeah. with Ali Morfitt not in that middle. Like another strong body in there would be helpful, I think, yeah. against Collingwood. They got yeah, some bigger bodies. That's one thing about the mids that we do have is like they're, they're super sharp. There's no doubt about it. They work unbelievably hard to get to the 40, and that's also some of the benefits that we have getting numbers around it. But the the bodies are small, um, and uh, that's I think that's the one thing that will probably be holding us back because they are so young. We have such a young team in there too. So, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it Mal- could be another McAvoy. really good game. 
the yeah. ham because um, she's yeah. obviously one of our bigger girls, she's built bigger than most of the girls. So I think if she can get around the ball, she did it a lot against the Western Bulldogs. Mm. Um, it was kind of like her first game really back uh, in terms of showing herself and her skills. So I think she's going to step it up a notch this week and have a big one. And I think, yeah, really get in there. She's been building well too. The last month, really, since she's come back to yeah. the team from that injury, she's been like, every week. She's just been adding a little bit extra, and yeah. yeah, she looks like she's just ready to go. Can't wait. She's going to take off that other jumbo jet. All right, um, we're getting into one last thing. Look, we had a big spill last week about how the AFLW was effectively being told or the fans were being told hey you know what you need to increase your uh, your attendance by some unbelievable amount in order for us to warrant or allow you to see more football for next year um, and with that uh, Steve you did a bit of homework about how the other women's leagues around the country are treating this and what their numbers are yeah, I mean, I looked at the ones, like the big four football codes in Australia. So, so like soccer, like, like football, soccer, NRL, AFL, and the Super Women's Rugby, because they're the four that, that compare roughly um, that have been establishing uh, women's leagues in the last, you know, decade and a half, if you go back far enough. And and the numbers just sounded really high, like to be demanding that sort of crowd. So I went and checked what the average attendances are for these other competitions and also the style of competitions that they have on the back of these numbers. So the A-League, which has been going for 16 years now, they play a 25-week season with 12 teams and every team plays every other team twice throughout the season. Their average attendance is 1,249 from their last complete season. That's half what the NRL has, which is 2,819. The NRL is much newer, only six years. They play a short season, only 10 teams, but they still, every team plays every other team. The Super Women's Rugby is a bit hard to compare. We don't have crowd numbers from that. I couldn't find anything anywhere. They've only got um, six teams in their comp, so that's not the best comparison really for us anyway. But then the, the AFLW is almost equal with the NRL, only 200, not even 150 average less crowd than the NRL women's and is playing a similar length season with almost double the amount of teams where you only play 6% of the team. So so if the AFL is saying that the AFLW needs to have 3,500 on average per week, they want them to have almost three times what the A-League women's have and they want them to have considerably more than what the NRL women's have. So I don't know where these numbers are coming from. And what's the base of these numbers? What kind of homework have they done to suggest that this is the number we want to hit and if they are suggesting there's a number of numbers we want to hit it's their own kpis that they're failing not ours so what the fuck are they talking about and just like lack of integrity in the competition like all of those other of those three the the a-league women's are playing each other twice and the two rugby codes are playing each other once albeit with smaller competition fields and then and then the AFL women are playing you play only six out of ten so 60 percent of the teams it's ridiculous hmm. Something else uh, to consider with those numbers is all of those leagues play at the same time as their counterpart men's competition. Mm. Yeah. So okay. there are a lot of double headers that are included. I don't know how they do the numbers, so maybe they figure out a way to not include double headers. I'm not sure, but there are double headers definitely within those seasons that people are coming to the game, the women's game. You know, the sorry, they're coming to the men's game and saying coming early for the women's game or staying back for the women's game or whatever. So there's also needs to be taken a grain of salt there that there are people potentially coming that are just staying or not coming. That's not the main reason. The AFLW have no double headers with the men's. It doesn't yep. like it just doesn't exist. So 
people are only coming for that match, which I would think would make it even harder to get a good crowd. I, I could be wrong. People, you know, there are definitely people who just want to see AFLW, but there are people that would probably go to a doubleheader, for example. Yeah. I think part of the reason and some some of the success of the Swans do is understanding their market really well, understanding Sydney siders pretty well. So we're not just reliant. I think for some of the other teams, they're reliant on members going. And the and then like as Paul is alluding to, the, the men's season is finished. As we spoke about last week, people's brains, they, they, after all these years, they've been geared to stop thinking about football. But there's still football being played, and it's good quality football. So they just need to start, just they, they need to build that on. But at the moment, it kind of feels like they're relying on those fans just to go to a footy because that's your team. You have to go to watch your team. Whereas Sydney is actually doing things in areas to entice people to go to the game that maybe don't necessarily always go to a game. Mm -hmm. So definitely for the Henson Park audience, there's an enormous aspect, I reckon, of of people that go, even like friends friends and family of mine, friends of Polly's, um, that wouldn't traditionally go to the men's game but will go to the women's game because the timing kind of works out. It's in the area. They make it fun. Um, You know, there's food stores, there's beer stores. They make an event of it and they get the audience to go. So I think... I, I genuinely think they're leaving it to the clubs and, and maybe that is a good thing, but maybe not all clubs actually give much of a shit about it either. And yeah. and I think that's where the AFL themselves, headquarters themselves, need to start putting pressure on the clubs to do a bit better. So I think a good point of comparison for the Swans, as always, is the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Giants actually played their game at Henson Park last week. And I think their crowd was 1,000 compared yeah, to the Swans. Yeah, Forty-five hundred, um, which shows that I feel like the Giants. It is a club-based thing, and the Giants aren't doing their part into actually getting people to go to the game because clearly the desire is there to want to see games at Henson Park, but maybe not the Giants. I don't know. Like it, it, it or was it not advertised properly and things like that? Like there is just too much reliance on the clubs to actually do it, as opposed to the league itself. And I think. Advertising tickets should come down more to the league than the clubs, but that's just my personal opinion. If there's a big if, if you want to make this a KPI, if you don't want to make it a KPI, leave it up to the clubs. That's fine. But if you want to make it a KPI, then it's your job as a league to make sure that these KPIs are being hit. Yeah, yeah, and it says something when what was it? You say like four and a half thousand people at least on paper are turning up to a Henson game with the Swans, and it's a thousand with the Giants. That is such a massive difference that. It's not the football people are going for, is it? It's not just because they want to see footy. It's something else. And it's also because the yeah. Swans brand is so much stronger in Sydney. The AFL has never understood this, really, ever since they moved the Giants there over a decade ago. They don't understand that people in Sydney think of the Swans. And, mm-hmm. and that's what people follow. And and they're making the same mistakes again. Like, And the Giants are getting yeah. shafted. It's always them getting shafted, you know? Yeah. And I would even say generic AFL fans probably didn't know that the Giants were playing at Henson Park over yeah. the weekend yep. because yep. it wasn't advertised. Yeah. Yep. And I would and if I, if I wasn't in Melbourne I probably would have gone, but you know. Yep. Exactly. If I was in Sydney I would have gone because it's extra football, but yeah. we're special cases. We we we're, we're exactly. diehard fans. <laughs> and I and I put this point out on Twitter during the week mm. that putting KPIs on membership number uh, membership and uh, sorry, attendance numbers is not going to allow you to have casual fans. And casual fans is what make footy. Hmm. You're you're not only ever just going to have diehard fans like the three of us 
we are special cases, we will go to every game, you shouldn't have to expect your fans to go to every game. I, I feel like that's quite disrespectful in a way to build a club, mm. to build a league, sorry. Like, yeah. And it's time, it's cost, like have it's your a lot casual of stuff. Fans. Like, yeah. People have other shit to do in their lives, you know. Yeah. Now, Especially the s- time slots that they are at. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to someone today about it, like how the, the old joke in the traditional Swans fan you know, back in the day was on Friday night the Swans were playing. They were like, oh, let's go. They'll buy a Swans um, a scarf on the way through, put that on, and they'll be Swans fan and they watch the game. And that was the old joke that Swans didn't have yeah. any fans. They had finance bros who finished work on time and then went off and watched the game. To do. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that is legitimately an understanding of what the market is as well. But you can build a brand from that. You can build a, yeah. a following. You can build a club from that. And the Swans are doing a great job of that, even for the women's. Not everyone's going to be doing that. So it's it's lazy. It's lazy to, to suggest a KPI and that you created and you failed at it and to blame the, the fans for their, their problems. So typical. Typical McGurkin stuff. All right. Um, yeah. We do have some good news to finish, finish up on, though. Uh, Polly, uh, the McClellan Trophy. Take it away. Yes. What, what is so, it? What is it all about? What have we done? Yeah, we haven't really talked about it much. Um, no. But the McClellan, I think that's how it's pronounced, trophy is an actual combined men's women's competition trophy, and it is awarded to the uh, club that has the best overall season across the two leagues. There is double points awarded for women's games because there are less of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the winner wins a million dollars for their club. And then I think there's some prize money divided out between the rest of the uh, top eight. Um, and for the first time since its inception, we have cracked the top eight, which oh, is yes. incredibly exciting. Um, now, I don't know how much money that means we would win if we did finish eighth, but it's incredible bucks. to see. <laughs> um, it's incredible to see, like, the work that is happening across the club is, you know, being noticed and we're coming eighth now, which is incredible. And I think I was like half paying attention to it throughout the season because it's kind of interesting. It's a kind of interesting concept. Um, But, you know, we were coming like 14th for most of it. And just the girls chipping away and getting better has meant we've put ourselves in a really good position now. So it'd be really interesting to see how we go next season for sure. I like this kind of thing. Like, I know people were poo-pooing at the beginning, but I like it. I I think it actually, if if one angle of the whole game is like to make sure that fans of the club are going to club games and supporting both teams, something like this does make a bit of sense in promoting this. The fact that we only heard about it now is annoying, but this is something like, uh, I know it's been around for a while, but it's not made a lot of noise, and that's probably because Swans have never been factored into it. But... I like this. I think it's a good idea to kind of promote this to be like, hey, your club yeah. as a whole needs to do well, and that's this yeah. is where it comes into it. And it's it's going to be interesting coming into the last round. I can't remember what the exact situation has to be, but there is a chance that because Melbourne and Brisbane are playing each other in the last round, that that game will decide the trophy. So that yes. game is going to be a million dollar game, basically. So it's a really like cool addition to. Uh, two separate leagues to bring them together and be like, you need to look after both your clubs, both your teams. If you one team's doing shit, you're not going to get money. <laughs> so, so if, um, if you're a borderline uh, AFL player for Brisbane, 
uh, and you're going to the girls, what like getting, like come on, girls, this is a million yeah. bucks up for grabs. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you're like, there are plenty of the big teams that their numbers when you compare the men's teams to the women's teams mm. in attendance is not amazing. Not naming names. This is the kind of thing that's going to get potentially those people to cross over yeah. to be like, yeah, oh my god, we have a chance to win. Let's say. $500,000, if the girls get up this game, I'm going to go down and cheer them on. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a really good... Some, the league actually did something good for once. Let's let's acknowledge yeah, it. He's acknowledge it. <laughs> West Coast down the bottom, of course. They've not had a great uh, men's and women's uh, season. No. I don't know why I pointed it out. I just wanted to say it, but it's <laughs> there. It exists. Um, anything else? Probably from the team that needed the most. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't need the money. Let's be fair. They're, they're, the money is not a problem with that. Yeah, and it, there was a bit of talk. I haven't read the article about where teams will put that money. So um, maybe next week we can kind of break it down a bit further. Okay. All right, homework for Polly. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, any last minute things from either of you too? It's nah. Pride Round. Yeah, Pride we'll get Round. Along. Pride Round. Go to yeah. Epsom Park Go. on Sunday. Yep. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Well, yep. We'll we'll see you at Henson Park, one p.m. on Sunday. Look for Polly in her number five jersey with a fantastic badge. Look I'll for me. I'll be in my pride jersey this time. With the pride so jersey. On the back. Uh, <laughs> look for me in uh, jersey doesn't fit me and the fuzzy hair. And uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, up the bloods and kindness.